Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from Hot Topper, Joe Henriquez. And now, here's your host, Rob Paspani. As always, thank you for sticking with me for Squared Circle Pit. It is Rob. If this is your first time listening to Squared Circle Pit, we are here to analyze the intersection of pro wrestling and heavy metal. And you can, of course, hear all of our archives at metalinjection.net slash squaredcirclepit or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Past guests included Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Raven, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Maynard from Tool, Eric Bischoff, plenty of rock stars, plenty of wrestling personalities, lots of fun conversations. Head over to metalinjection.net slash squaredcirclepit for that info. I have a very cool guest on the show today. I have Joe from Hot Topic. Joe will uh, thoroughly explain what he does at Hot Topic right at the top of our interview. And uh, as I said during our interview, which you will hear in a moment, hopefully, if you're, st- if you're still going to be in the car. But if you're not, I mean, like, this podcast has, has been, like, two minutes so far. Why did you start listening to it? Anyway, <laughs> Joe is ba- essentially indirectly responsible for the launch of AEW because he's the one that worked with Bullet Club and with Young Bucks and Cody and all those guys on getting those shirts into Hot Topic stories all across the country. And Joe kind of talks about his job. He talks about his love for pro wrestling, his love for heavy metal, how the two intersected, and we get to bro down on some 90s ECW, which is always fun for me. So, of course, I'm going to play the interview right now. But first, I want to mention we are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash squaredcirclepit, and on Twitter, squaredcirclepit without the E in circle. And now, without further ado, here's my chat with Joe. Now entering the squared circle pit, someone who I feel definitely understands the intersection between metal and pro wrestling, Joe Enriquez. He is the senior buyer of men's novelties at Hot Topic. Thank you for joining the Square Circle Pit Show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was just, you know, listening to some of the old episodes and uh, just the illustrious guests that you've had on. I feel, you know, uh, I'm hoping people will, will care to listen to me talk. But uh, you know, <laughs> Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. Uh, I've listened to some of the episodes where you had uh, the singer of Avatar, and he was talking about wrestling. So hopefully, there, I can add something to to your show. I think I absolutely think you can, and uh, thank you, thank you for listening. Those those past episodes are great. I, I don't think you're at the tier of Kenny Omega just yet, but we have no. plenty of interesting stuff to talk about. And uh, uh, speaking of Kenny, so you work at Hot Topic, the senior buyer of men's novelty tees. So can you just explain quickly, like what that entails? Yeah, so I buy novelty tees, which is everything but the music and rock tees. Uh, which ironically, when I first started uh, doing what I do, I, my goal was to be like the rock tea buyer, but I actually buy everything outside of that. So movies, TV shows, cartoons, brands, and, you know, relevant to what we're talking about today, wrestling teas. Right on. Yeah. And, uh, and you started at hot, like you worked at a hot topic store, right? You like worked your way up the, the chain there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I started as a store associate on the side while I was, you know, going to college for film. I was working in our stores part-time 
And then after I graduated, it was really tough to find work even here in LA. So I was doing a bunch of part-time stuff. And one of them was working at Hot Topic. I was also like unloading trucks at Big Five Sporting Goods. And uh, at some point, I hadn't had my teeth cleaned in like two years. So I was like, I need to do something full-time so I can get the benefits. So I started looking at opportunities at corporate or headquarters. And I went to customer service at Hot Topic you know, at the office. So picking up phone calls from people calling about, you know, packages they didn't get that they ordered online. Uh, and from there, I was kind of able to work my way into merchandising as a uh, merchandise clerical. So I'm kind of like the secretary for the buyers, uh, entering orders for them. And then from there, I was able to kind of learn enough of the business to become an assistant buyer and then work my way up to a buyer and then senior buyer. That's cool. That's, that's, I mean, that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a, a, you know, pretty long, I mean, the period of time, you know, that it took me was, you know, I started in stores in 2000 and it's 2019. So it was a long journey, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it takes yeah. time to, to work your way up the ladder. It's not a, yeah. it's a thing. And, and one thing that I, I want to say is that like, uh, indirectly, you are the guy responsible sort of for AEW. <laughs> like if it wasn't for you, I feel like there would be no All Elite Wrestling because you were the one that got uh, the Bullet Club and the Young Buck shirts into the Hot Topic stores, right? Yes. I mean, you know, that's kind of, you know, my job as the buyers to find the properties, brands that are out there that we don't already carry. And in some cases that no one else carries uh, that we can sell. Um, so definitely, you know, I was lucky enough to, to stumble upon the, uh, the new Japan bullet club thing, you know, through my fan, you know, my fandom, through right. being wanna, a wrestling I, fan. I want to just interject because there was, there was a myth going around and, and we need to clear the air here. Uh, I believe it might've been one of the young bucks that said that like the story that he told was that there was a hot topic buyer at like going to the WrestleMania weekend events and he saw they saw all the Bullet Club shirts and they went to WWE asking, hey, how come we don't have these Bullet Club shirts? And then WWE said, oh, we don't own Bullet Club. But that's not how it happened at all, right? No, it's a little bit different because obviously I've been working with WWE for many years. So I was you know, well aware that Bullet Club and New Japan wasn't part of WWE, but it was for WrestleMania 30, the one in NOLA. Um, obviously, I've, I've been going to WrestleMania for many years and uh, – and quite a few of them have been invited by WWE because of the you know amount of business we do with them. Mm -hmm. So at 30 was the one, and before that I'd already been I'd already been aware of Bullet Club and New Japan, and uh, I was trying to go to PWG shows, uh, and I'd already purchased some New Japan Young Bucks merchandise through Pro Wrestling Tees. So I kind of knew that's who had the li license, but uh, you know I never I didn't know it was like something that big enough that like we would be able to sell nationwide. So I was at WrestleMania 30, walk in the streets of, uh, of New Orleans, and or actually, was it? New, sorry, it wasn't the New Orleans one. It was the one in Florida right after. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm really bad with the WrestleMania numbers, but I remember I, the I'm locations. I think it's 32 <laughs> then, because uh, yeah, or 30. I'm sorry, 30 was New Orleans, and then 31 yep. was okay. Yeah, so it was 31 in Florida. Uh, well, uh, when we were there. And just, you know, we're there basically to see what the fans are wearing. And, like, in the WWE crowd, in the audiences, there was, like, literally more Bullet Club shirts than there were John Cena shirts or any other wrestling tees. So from that WrestleMania, our big takeaway was, you know, 
Uh, well, I mean, there was the you know, we, there was the the Hardys came back, so that was a huge thing. So obviously, that was a big takeaway as far as WWE right. wise. But the other thing was like we have to get Bullet Club shirts if we're selling you know X amount of WWE shirts. <laughs> there's like got to be way more people out there looking to buy Bullet Club shirts. So um, because I'd been listening to uh, Colt Cabana's show, I knew you know pro wrestling tees had. Had I basically found Bullet Club shirts I purchased for myself through Pro Wrestling Tees, through listening to Colt Cabana's show. So I knew I had to get a hold of whoever was uh, in charge of Pro Wrestling Tees. So I basically just sent the email through their customer service, and the owner, Ryan, uh, hit me back. And we kind of started talking from there about how we could get uh, New Japan Bullet Club Tees into Hot Topic. And, uh, and I guess he had let the Bucks know that we were interested. So like once they had announced that there was going to be Young Bucks Bullet Club shirts at Hot Topic, like our social media blew up and we hadn't even, he hadn't even printed a single shirt yet. No shirt had even gotten through the DC. So we knew just from that initial reaction, it was going to be huge. And now when, when it went live, were you still even surprised with how well the shirts did? Uh, well, sorry, could you repeat that again? Oh sure. Uh, when when you went live with the products and and people like started showing up to purchase the stuff, were, was the demand surprising? Was it what you expected? Oh yeah. When when it initially landed, it was outselling some of the biggest properties that we were carrying at the time. It was including Disney, Star Wars, Marvel. So it definitely, you know, not only met you know the expectation, it like far exceeded it, and we you know. And you know, if you were in our store during that time, I mean, you could tell, you know, when, when Hot Topic supports something, you can tell because you start to see not just T-shirts, but then like all the other tertiary categories. And, and we had yeah. like Bull Club, New Japan, like everything at that time. I remember like when the, the partnership happened, I was uh, like on a Thanksgiving or some sort of holiday uh, visiting uh, just out of town because I live in New York City. So there's no malls here. <laughs> you know, there's no... I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think there's a Hot Topic in San Island, but I was in a mall with a Hot Topic and I was like, I need to go in and see what the display is like. And I was absolutely blown away at like just how prominent the Bullet Club stuff was like right there with, you know, I just remember like it was like a Bullet Club Young Buck shirt and then like a Rick and Morty shirt, you know, and like, uh, yeah. And then, and like you said, like the buttons, there were Bullet Club, like all the designs were on any sort of swag you could imagine. And uh, like to me, I was like, even if you aren't familiar with wrestling, if you are a Hot Topic customer and you see all this stuff, you're gonna wonder what is this brand that Hot Topic deems cool enough, and uh, and I need to and I need to learn about it. And I feel like a smart guy like Tony Khan saw this, <laughs> and he saw <laughs> the sales, and he he used that. I'm assuming he used the the statistics from the shirt sales to go to a company like TNT and be like, look. There's an audience here. This is like a, a counterculture to the WWE movement, and, and and it made it happen. Yeah, I mean, I like to think Tony Khan was, you know, in our stores looking for like a Rick and Morty shirt, and, and saw. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, like I said, the you know, for a property that wasn't supported on any kind of you know national platform, at least here in the U.S., like what we did in New Japan that year it launched was. You know the only the only single skew the only single T-shirt that it didn't outsell during the, the period when we launched it was the um, the Rick and like the main Rick and Morty tee that we had, which is like that image of 
them coming out of the portal. Uh, if you're familiar with Rick yeah, and Morty, yeah, I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so it was that tea, and then the Bucks did their own parody of the shirt that it was like it said Rick and Maddie, and it had them in that art style coming out of the portal. And uh, we actually tried to bring that one in, but since we were doing so much with Rick and Morty, we thought it would be <laughs> we should probably run this through like uh, <laughs> Cartoon Network and. Uh, they shot it down, but ironically, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, they did that whole Rick and Morty uh, thing on on Dynamite. Right. So we oh, were yeah. kind of early on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that that's pretty crazy. And like, have they reached out to you to be like, hey, thanks? You know, like, has it like, are you have you been in, in communication with those guys? Have you met those guys since all of this went down? Oh yeah, I've been. You know, since we started, you know, working with them, like. Uh, I mean, they've been great as far as promoting it. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I'm, I've been going to shows and seeing them ever since then. Um, so it's yeah, it's been a really great partnership. And when the AEW thing happened, um, I assume there are a lot of people, you know, wanting to jump on and bids for it. So the fact that we had that history with them, because I think you know, uh, you know, with like the the Jaguars, they had a lot of other licensees and connections with other retailers, you know, doing national. NFL stuff, but I think the relationship we built, built during that time kind of helped Hot Topic secure, you know, the exclusive for AEW and, uh, and as well as Pro Wrestling Tees being the, the main partner on there instead of like, you know, all the other like NFL licensees and, and partners that they had. Right. And you guys are carrying tons of AEW stuff now, right? Yep. Yeah. It just started flowing in. We launched it with the launch of Dynamite and it's, yeah, it's doing really well. So hopefully it'll be it's still pretty early, but, you know, I feel like um, this is, you know, what we did with New Japan with, like, really no national support except for being the lead in all of the, the guys' social. I mean, now this is, like, a national platform where uh, there was the episode where Tony Schiavone and Excalibur were mentioning T-shirts at Hot Topic. So I, and can only, I feel like it can only get bigger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And... Uh... I was gonna, and, and you know, like I think it's cool also that besides you know the wrestling stuff and, and rock tees, you guys also have like kind of rock fashion brands. Like you guys carry Black Craft, and uh, my friend Vertebrae Thirty Three has some shirts with you guys now. I think it's yeah. cool that you guys are going more lifestyle with it too. Yeah, I had a couple, you know, to kind of connect wrestling and metal with those two brands. Obviously, Black Craft was a brand that we've been seeing out there everywhere. So, uh, I reached out with, to the owner, Bobby, and, you know, we were kind of in the process of launching their brand at the same time as, uh, NJPW. And I believe in one of the shirts that they did was a collab with black and the brave, which is Seth's, uh, Seth's, uh, wrestling school and brand. Um, and I guess somehow Jericho had gotten a hold of Bobby and, um, uh, wanted to do something and this was pre him uh showing up in new japan um and so i get a call or a text from bobby that was something to the effect of like hey chris jericho wants to talk to you <laughs> do you mind if i give him your number <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh so of course i was like yeah I, i'd love to <laughs> i want to talk to him that'd be awesome um so that's how kind of we got that uh, the alpha club shirt out is uh we were originally going to do like a Black Craft Jericho collab, which we eventually did. But because of like the the design being a Bullet Club parody, 
Uh, I just thought it would be easier to go through Protestant Tees, who was the New Japan parody, and we launched that tee, and that tee did amazing. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, just this, at the right, you know, all these brands come together at the right time. And to touch on Vertebrae 33, which is our friend Rodney's brand, also around that same time, um, Scott, my contact at WWE, reached out to me and said, there's this guy that does art for all the all our tees that you guys carry. And he does some other rock stuff too. He's looking at doing his own brand. Um, can I send him your info? And so I started talking with Roddy and I realized he had done like a ton of our rock tees also like Slayer, Motorhead, all kinds of, so he'd actually had his art in all of our stores already. So it just made sense to, to try his art as his own brand. So we had started with one design, which was his Cthulhu design, which did really well. And now it's turned into us carrying multiple styles and, and kind of, carrying his art as his own brand yeah that's and, awesome you know, yeah and the connection was and you know again kind of connecting wrestling and metal it was like both those were kind of connections that we made through through music and and wrestling yeah and on that you know like there i think hot topic is like right there at that intersection you know because it it really like both both uh entertainment genres if, if that's what we would call them they have like an intersection of, of, of personality types, I feel. And like, and, and if you talk about uh, uh, the person's style, like Hot Topic is, is where it would be at. You know, like I, 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 I'm lucky living in New York. I have, you know, like the, when I was growing up, I had the, the East Village and, and all these places to go get, you know, the metal gothish gear, like the belt buckle, you know, the cool belts and all that. But you know, people who don't live in New York, the only place they, they would be able to get the metal aesthetic, and, and in some cases the wrestling aesthetic, would have been Hot Topic. So I think you guys are, are very influential in that area. Yeah, and that was the original inspo for Hot Topic uh, when the our founder, or was, you know, he was going to like the places he said in New York and Hollywood and uh, seeing like the studded belt buckles and studded wristbands. So it was like, he wanted to bring that kind of look to malls. So it started with you know, those types of like kind of punk accessories and then to music tees and rock tees and then like licensed merchandise. So, yeah. And now what about you? Like, uh, were you always a wrestling fan growing up? Like, which hit you first, wrestling or metal? So that's funny thing is wrestling and metal in my life have been super interconnected. Um, I started watching wrestling in the 80s, so I grew up you know, playing with like He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers. And my best friend, John, who lived across the street, brought over this tape of WrestleMania 2. And he's like, dude, we got to watch this. And uh, the one match that stood out to me was Hogan and Bundy in the steel cage. And, you know, and of course, at that point, you know, thinking it was all real, I was like, this is incredible. This is like everything we're into, but in like real life. And then from there, we were just all about wrestling. Every time we played outside, it was like we were we would do our own fake matches. So we were kind of like we thought it was real, but we were figuring out how to kind of do the moves but protect each other. Like we had learned how to do like pile drivers, and so we were kind of doing what they were. We were working each other, but thinking mm -hmm. that <laughs> it was it was real. Uh, except <laughs> for um, I had so I would like try to do the the sleeper hold, but instead I kind of figure out how to like rear naked choke someone. So like I would put on <laughs> someone and, and my friends would turn blue. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how I got into wrestling, WrestleMania 2. And since then I was just hooked as a kid. I was like, you know, the thing I was like 
the most into. And then as I got closer, like my teen years, um, uh, we started to get MTV and I started seeing bands like Twisted Sister, Kiss, all the hair metal bands. And something about that aesthetic reminded me of wrestling. So that's kind of how I got into metals because like they like all these bands just look like wrestlers to me. And that's so hilarious. I got <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so from kind of that like Twisted Sister hair metal scene, um, I got into like the big four, like big time, like Metallica Slayer, just thrash metal. And then kind of towards the end of that, um, I'd gotten into like death metal. So like obituary, cannibal corpse. Um, and so that's like kind of mid nineties, uh, and still kind of checking in with wrestling, you know, here and there. But then at that time, I think it felt a little too, like, it wasn't cool to like wrestling anymore. I'd just check in to see like diesel and Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, they were still kind of my guys then. And it wasn't until like towards the maybe late nineties at that point, um, I'd gone from listening to like death metal to like, you know, bands like, um, maybe some early black metal. But then, um, I, but then someone had brought uh, one of the Austin 316. Uh, so I was watching WCW because Hogan was there. So I was still kind of tracking all the guys I grew up with. And then somebody brought me a tape of, uh, it was like the one that WWE, WWF time put out, which was the Stone, cause Stone Cold Said So. And I ne- hadn't really been watching Raw at that time. And then I was just like blown away. I was like, they're drinking beer on WWF, they're like flipping people off, they're like cussing. And something about that was like, you know, like at that time being into metal, there's something really metal about that. And then, you know, DX, there's just, you know, I just felt like a lot of these things were like, had kind of grown up and were kind of touching on things that I was into as a metalhead. And then like I discovered towards the end of that ECW. And then I was like, I was obsessed. I mean, there was like guys like Raven who like, you know, uh, basically looked like metalheads, guys that were, that were dressed just like I was at the time, wearing like, you know, ripped jean shorts and flannels around their waist and rock tees, wrestling and doing like crazy hardcore shit. So like kind of I transitioned out of wrestling into metal and then into metal back into wrestling. That's amazing. And uh, I interviewed Raven on Squared Circle and I was a little disappointed to learn that he wasn't actually a metalhead. He just, oh yeah. Know, he would go and like just find shirts that he thought looked cool or fit his aesthetic, like suicidal tendencies, for example. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I know." I read, yeah, he was wearing like, uh, yeah, like all he. There were so many bands, and I didn't like. Yeah, in my mind, he was like into all that stuff. And I remember hearing or, or listening to an interview where he talked about, or maybe it was his own podcast where he had said he wasn't really into metal, which was yeah, pretty disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. Like for me, it was actually. Uh, a little different. Like I started watching wrestling right around the same same time you did WrestleMania two, WrestleMania three, kind of. And uh, I feel like wrestling got me into metal uh, because, mm-hmm. like ECW, all those all those you know, ECW. The intro was like White Zombie and Nine Inch Nails, and you know they just didn't care about licensing, which was at the time so awesome as a fan because you know you get all these cool songs that, in my case, I would have never heard. Otherwise, you know, like uh, Man in the Box by Allison Chain and all this stuff. And and uh, it really made me go and listen to those bands. And even like uh, um, Shane Douglas, like his theme was, I think, Scorpion. Was it Scorpion? Or... Uh, it was Perfect no, Strangers by... Deep uh... Purple. That, that was it. Yeah. 
Yep. And uh, and even that, like, I would have never gotten into Deep Purple <laughs> if not for that <laughs> awesome theme song. And so, like, ECW opened my mind so hard. And I uh, I interviewed Paul Heyman a while ago at, like, one of those WWE 2K events. And, and I've been wanting to talk to him for so long because my main question was always, Paul, how did you get across, like, you know, how did you get away with all this copyright violation? You know, you can't, obviously, in the era of YouTube now with, like, auto-matching, you can't do that. How did he get away with it? And his thing was like, oh, well, uh, there's this workaround where we never actually fed the music, uh, which now that, I'm th- now that I'm saying it back is actually untrue, but he's like, we never yeah. fed the music into the, the mix. Uh, it would always be uh, oh, fed yeah. from the live arena, so it's a different thing but then now as i'm saying it, i'm thinking but the commercials had <laughs> like rock music yeah. in it too so wait, how did he do that but so i didn't i didn't follow up on that but uh yeah ecw like changed the game like I, i'm with you as well like it was like this is made specifically for me <laughs> like this is everything i like yeah and that was the big thing what you just said like i'd never heard like actual like licensed entrance music before and then to hear like sandman coming out to enter sandman which you know like metallica is my all-time favorite band was insane um the weird thing was like the raven coming out to like the offspring i always thought that was like a weird but that's a great i but i thought that song was a great intro though it's a good yeah. wrestling intro and then yeah, i like it now because because of that but i was never like a fan of the offspring <laughs> right at the time it was like oh who are these posers on my ecw uh, i think the uh enter sandman entrance at the reunion show at one night stand oh yeah one of the top all-time greatest wrestling moments of all time. I, I was with friends who weren't even wrestling fans who had chills watching that. Yeah, uh, I got to experience the Sandman entrance live during uh, that that period only once. Uh, ECW came to uh, L.A. for Heat Wave 2000. Oh, my, is that the and, one with the XPW drama? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. I was there for that. And then after that, yeah, after that, I definitely became a big XPW fan because I didn't, I didn't know of him until that show. But, yeah. Being there, I was like running from like section to section where he was opening the beer to try and like catch some of the backsplash, and you know some <laughs> of it got on me, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I was so stoked. So, who were your guys in that era? Who were the guys that you rooted for? So, um, definitely Raven and Sandman. I mean, I liked so many of them, but those were like my main two, and I, and I loved when they, you know they had their rivalry. Um, I was also like big into Jerry Lynn after that heat wave match where he wrote uh, like die. Was it? He wrote something in blood on his chest. Um, oh, oh, oh! I, I think I, I remember. Yeah, that yeah. was already a little late era too when he was like. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't like the whole Up and Show. He was like the new Up and Show or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are like mainly. Yeah, Raven is like still to this day like one of my top favorite. Uh, despite you know not being an actual metalhead, and then <laughs> uh, maybe just for the just for the entrance alone, Sandman. Um, but yeah, during that time period, also uh, it would come on ECW would come on like 9 p.m. like on Fridays, and then my I was living with my parents, and kind of my house was like the meeting place before we went out. But I could not leave until like after ECW was over. So then, you know, my friends would show up and they'd have to sit there and, and watch with me. And then after a while, they started getting into it. Uh, and then they would all come over and, and we'd watch it. So that was, I have like really, you know, fond memories of that time. That's awesome. Yeah, for me in New York, it was on at uh, 
3 a.m. <laughs> on like oh. Saturday morning. <laughs> so it was a little it was a little harder to have friends over. But uh, I remember the first time a friend of mine, we were like uh, just hanging out and he did the Sabu pose. And I'm oh. like, hey, I was like, hold on. You know Sabu? <laughs> I thought I was the only one that knew about ECW because I just found it randomly uh, channel switching. I actually did. I found it on a Philly channel because in my parents' bedroom, for some reason, like I said, I live in New York, but they, the antenna yeah. would receive Philly channels. And there was this one Philly channel that would have wrestling on every night at 10 p.m. And it would be like mostly old wrestling, like USWA, or just like old tapes. But then one night it was like I saw the first thing I saw was Raven coming out. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's Scotty Flamingo, but he looks way cooler now. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was like, oh my God, this is totally my jam. And I just got so into it. And I, for the longest time, I thought I was the only one that knew about it until everybody knew about it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and just as you mentioned Sabu, I was like huge into Rob Van Dam. I mean, again, having to do with like using Pantera as the entrance and just how, you know, how hyped the crowd would get for that. Yeah, even like that was so so cool. Like seeing that, I was actually at the last ECW pay per view. Oh man, uh, I what was it? I don't think it was Miracle on. It was like Massacre on Thirty Fourth Street or something like that. Uh, and he made his return because he had left because he had money issues and whatever. And it was like yeah. the biggest pop I ever heard. Oh man, he was definitely my favorite at the time. Do you do you yeah. go back and watch any ECW? Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> this is a sad thing. I've watched it on the network, and because, like, they've taken out all, like, the entrances, I've gone and bought, like, um, God, I forget what the company is. Uh, maybe it's through High Spots or RF Video, but there's a company that sells, like, DVDs of, like, the old pay-per-views, but they still have the original entrance music in it. So, oh, I didn't know yeah. the DVDs. I found somebody made, like, a Google Drive with that, oh. like, where they're – they're doing that. They're they're finding the old videotapes, and they basically take the WWE rip, and then just like take the audio from the entrances and then cut that in or something like that. Yeah, um, that is truly yeah. like I I feel like modern audio like kids today, kids not born in the eighties who weren't allowed who weren't of the age to watch ECW in the nineties. If you're only watching it through the network. You're missing such a big part of the experience because the music was the experience. Yeah, it adds so much to it. And like, well, yeah, when you watch it, yeah, the wrestling's still great. But yeah, part of it was like the, you know, the the atmosphere the and yeah, yeah. Uh, and also similarly, when you watch like some of you know, cause I'm a big Motorhead fan, so when I watch like some of the old Manias, I want to hear, you know, Triple H's entrance with with Motorhead. And I believe some of them like they're not in there. Oh wow. Yeah. That's weird. Thinking. Yeah, or there's like, um, or maybe it's the one where they he he did like an entrance with like for whom the bell tolls, so it was like oh, for whom right, the bell right, right. tolls, and then Motorhead. I think one or both of the the songs are are, are like mixed out somehow. Oh, so weird. like whenever I, I want to see it, I have to like yeah, watch it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so what what are your who are your guys now? I'm assuming you still watch pro wrestling. I guess it's kind of part of your job <laughs> to watch pro wrestling, right? Yeah, uh, like definitely still the Bucks and Jericho, just because I was such a huge Jericho fan in the, you know, late '90s and 2000s, and to like, you know, uh, you know back then sitting on my parents' couch watching him debut on Raw, and then now getting to interact with him um, is mind blowing. So in AEW, Jericho, and 
WWE Rollins is my guy. We did like an interview with him for Hot Topic where he had, you know, mentioned a bunch of metal bands, like newer metal bands, but then uh, mentioned that Metallica was like one of his like all time favorite bands. So I think since that, I've, um, you know, he's been one of my favorites. And it's kind of mind blowing to me now that like I've had interactions and even, you know, phone calls and meetings with Jericho and Rollins, which were like, you know, the AEW and the WWE champs. So it's like, to me, it's like the equivalent of like if I were a kid having like Hogan and Ric Flair's contact. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it, it really is. That's so cool. Uh, have you ever gone to Japan? Have you have you ever gone to like Wrestle oh, Kingdom or anything like that? I did. I went to. So when we first did, this will give you an idea of how huge it was for us when we first uh, started carrying New Japan product. Um, they flew us out to uh to cork and hall to uh to see it in person so myself and some other buyers went and it was amazing to me as a wrestling fan i never thought i'd set foot in cork and hall but to be there and it was like you know it was a house show it wasn't a pay-per-view but it was it was amazing um and then yeah we got to go to uh there's like a, the new japan shop there's like other you know we there's other things that we looked at over there aside from wrestling just you know relevant to anime and video games but that was the main purpose of the trip was to you know to experience new japan live yeah that's cool yeah i really want to make it out to japan and uh catch a new japan show and i, I almost want like i've thought about like I, I don't want to go to wrestle kingdom just because yeah i feel like the experience will be so different than what like just i won't see anything you know you can't like as a as a non-Japanese person, it seems like it's impossible to get, like, good floor seats. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'd rather, like, my ideal scenario would be to go to, like, Dominion <laughs> and oh, yeah. get good seats there and then and then plan a trip around that to Japan because obviously there's so much more to Japan than just New Japan wrestling. Uh, but I would also love to just see a house show, just see, a, like, a non, a low-pressure, just chill show and just take it in with the, the, the vibe of the audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the vibe is totally different, but you can tell, like, when you're there in person, like, um, so we were actually very fortunate, we got second row seats, and even though they're not, like, loud and vocal, they still, like, you can feel it's palpable, the the excitement, like, when they gasp at something, or, you know, so they're, like, into it, they're just, like, so focused on it, they're not doing, you know, like, uh, this is awesome chance, or, or anything like that, but yeah, it's right. definitely something, if you can experience live, and and bundle it with a trip to Japan. Like there's, I mean, yeah, I could have spent like, you know, at least, you know, five more days there than, than I had, than I was already there. So, uh, before I, I let you go, I'm curious, like, uh, what, what are you listening to nowadays? So as far as like new, like I, I you know, I've kind of, uh, I don't know if it's just cause I'm getting old. I always tend to go back to the things I listened to, you know, growing up. So I'm still into like thrash and death metal, but, I do like the bands that kind of throw back to that that time period. So I'm a huge like, Municipal Waste fan, Toxic Holocaust, uh, as far as like death metal, like in the sort of vein that I used to listen to, like that early 90s, Campbell Corpse Obituary, like uh, Gate Creeper. Um, I've kind of gotten, you know, I, I used to, I got really into black metal. Um, and now there's just so much of it, it's, you know, it's hard for me to keep track. But like, Watain is one of my favorite bands right now in that you know still like mayhem um so that's kind of the, you know the new mayhem album is actually pretty good i, I was very yeah. impressed with it yeah yeah, I mean, but, yeah have cool you ever have, you know 
Go ahead. Have, have you ever thought, like, have you ever come up with a gimmick for yourself? Like, if you were a wrestler, do you have a wrestler name? You know, it's funny. <laughs> um, you know, when I was a kid, like, when you play at wrestling, you kind of pretend you're, like, Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior. But then mm -hmm. as you get older, yeah, of course, like, we all fantasize of, of, like, you know, if I was, like, my own wrestler and wrestling gimmick. And I would kind of just like to do, like kind of like a Scott Hall or Kevin Nash where I was like kind of myself or even like, you know, like how Steve Austin says it's himself, but turned up mm -hmm. um, the kind of name or gimmick that I was given when I started working at Hot Topic was they just started calling me Metal Joe because I was like the metal guy. So I would love to do to still keep this to just be Metal Joe, but have like the one thing that I would do different is like every pay-per-view or event have a different entrance song, but there would be a license song. So depending, so I wouldn't always use the same song, but so then, you know, you could, you could, we could talk like how when uh, Triple H did the entrance with For Whom the Bell Tolls, you know, like I would maybe have an entrance that, you know, you know, he had yeah, that time he did the pay-per-view when his entrance was Rain and Blood and that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of really my dream. Game. Rain and Blood be, would be like a killer entrance. It has that buildup. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, run-ins would be a little difficult. They would take a little long, but <laughs> yeah, I guess well, you like need an abbreviated, abbreviated version for the run-in. But yeah, and if I did like way. a Hell in a Cell match, then my entrance for that match would be like Hell awaits or you know South of Heaven. So that was a, kind of my my <laughs> dream gimmick is just to have like this rotating, um, you know, this rotation of different entrance themes. It would all still kind of you know be like metal bands that I love. But I know that the licensing on that would just be a nightmare and you know, it never works. Right, like as an adult, you're like, oh, this can't happen. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what would be your finishing move? Uh, I, I want to do a version of the Outsider's Edge and call it like the Hellraiser's Edge. Nice, <laughs> nice. It's so weird that I even, uh, I didn't, uh, obviously, uh, that's not like a question I expected to get, but the fact that I have an answer is kind of, you know, I Just, think everyone has let's, an answer. My, my yeah. favorite move was the power bomb. Uh, I always thought that was like the most vicious, no pun intended, like finisher. Uh, especially like, like when they just spike you and like don't give up. Oh, yeah. Like nowadays, I, I feel a little more guilty about it. Yeah. Like my my gimmick as a child was vicious power, and then the power bomb just made sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love how like uh, I'm trying to think of. I know there's been some finishers that are like. Uh, named after metal songs like uh roderick strong's oh yeah his finisher is called yeah and i think that's awesome yeah. too if you've like used the name of a metal song as the name of your finisher <laughs> yeah agreed i think alistair black uh, i don't think it's his finisher but he might have some some move that's a metal oh, fade, was it fade to black fade to black yeah yeah, yeah i mean yeah all right there we go yeah uh right on well joe thank you so much for for hanging out and chatting it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and, and pick your brain i so many questions about <laughs> hot dogs. Oh, yeah. uh, no problem at all. Uh, like I said, it's, it was a, a pleasure and it's an honor considering the uh, the types of guests you've had on. But uh, like I said, I hope uh, people enjoy listening. Or... <laughs> yeah, and make sure to check out Joe's Joe's store, this little little brand called Hot Topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Especially this holiday. Come in and, and buy uh, Keep Me Employed uh, and uh, buy a shit ton of AEW or, or Rick and Morty tees. <laughs> <laughs> or some metal tools. Those are in yeah. there too.
Yep, helps uh, out another another buyer's department, but I think in total still helps out the company. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That was really cool. Uh, very nice to talk to Joe. Great to hear that the Young Bucks are actually very nice people in person. I get to interact with them on that level. But uh, I have been interacting with them on a one-way level watching AEW. And this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, I think, was the best episode of the show so far. Really, really enjoyed it. Just really like the the melding of like new school wrestling and old school booking you know there's a bit of a wcw vibe to it i think it's partially because of the production and, and like the lighting that they use that it's and they really are using the same director as old wcw keith mitchell uh but i really really dig it one thing i will say is for the full gear pay-per-view that happened this past weekend i i have very mixed feelings on that main event with kenny omega and john moxley it was brutal it was disgusting, and honestly, I don't know if I want to see that sort of stuff. Like, I don't, I never really got into deathmatch wrestling. I never got into CZW too much, especially during like Tournament of Death and stuff. It, it just seemed like too much mutilation. And uh, they, they worked on an interesting match, to say the least, and it was, it was very wild. Uh, but I don't know, I, I'm just not sold on it. Uh, the hardcore style, and I hope they kind of keep those kind of matches to a lim uh, minimum. Otherwise, I thought the pay-per-view was great. All the action was great. I love the AEW roster. There's so many wrestlers on there that I enjoy watching perform. Pentagon with Phoenix, Jack Evans, uh, Young Bucks, of course. Cody's doing great. Jericho is having an amazing run, like really showing his worth right now to AEW and to anybody to show how valuable of a performer that he is. And in addition to AEW ruling on Wednesday nights, NXT has been just so good. So, like, Wednesday is the best night of wrestling for pro wrestling fans right now. In, in a sense, it kind of makes Raw and SmackDown feel like even more of a chore because I enjoy watching both of those shows so much. I'm talking about AEW and NXT that it, like, counter at like how much I don't enjoy watching uh, a Raw or SmackDown in the sense that I'm just like fast forwarding through pointless matches or if a match starts you know and you can tell alright they're definitely going to go to commercial before anything happens it's like well I don't need to watch this let's fast forward and then there's some matches that go through two commercial breaks and that middle slot of the match it just seems like there's no point in it like nothing happens it's just they're stretching time I don't need to see that I, uh, conversely, with AEW and NXT, I never fast forward. I'm not fast forwarding through anything. I'm watching the intros, the outplay. Everything is so well paced and so exciting, and I care about all the talent that I just want to watch. And I can't be the only one. And uh, the crazy thing, too, is New Japan is on fire right now as well. They had a great show last week. Uh, it was more of a house show, but it was still a fun show. They're starting their tag team tournament now, which is kind of like the calm before the storm. Because, of course, the first weekend of January is Wrestle Kingdom two nights. And I'm really excited for that. I'm both excited for it and uh, uncomfortable with how quickly the year has gone by to the point that we're now once again getting ready for Wrestle Kingdom. Like, it's too soon. You know, we just had a Wrestle Kingdom. How is Wrestle Kingdom uh, coming back already? But... We'll be talking all about Wrestle Kingdom in the weeks leading up to it. We've still got plenty of time to do a full preview 
And I will be back with more episodes before the years. And thank you, as always, for sticking around. And I'd love to hear some feedback. Who do you want on Squared Circle Pit? Hit me up at hate mail at metalinjection.net or on social media, facebook.com slash squaredcirclepit or twitter.com slash squaredcirclepit. On the Twitter, there is no E in circle. That's all for now. I'll see you next time.